surprise. Some of the mailbag is on Friday. We've got your questions about Ronnie Mauricio and Kevin Parado with the Mets, Spencer Jones versus Jason Dominguez with the Yankees, and the 2020 Giants draft. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer, podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And uh, we just had a holiday on Monday. I was traveling. I was on the road most of the week. My sister got married. And so instead of having a mailbag like normal, I pre-recorded the New Year's resolutions episodes. And the questions, the mailbag questions backed up a little bit. So half of so half of those questions are today. Half of those questions are on Monday. We do still have room if you want to get your questions in for the mailbag on Monday. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Shows on Twitter at Locked On Farm. Or you can hop into the new Locked On MLB Prospects Discord. Link is in the show notes. Is in the episode description. Join us. Just a bunch of baseball fans talking baseball, talking trading cards, talking fantasy baseball, talking farm systems, and everything else we can think of. So. A quick update, because it's relevant to these questions. Carlos Correa, uh, Ken Rosenthal on his podcast on The Athletic, uh, talked about the deal is not going to be 12 years, $315 million guaranteed. There's been some conversation between Steve Cohen and Scott Boris as far as the clauses that are going to be put into the contract. Uh, We don't know exactly what those are, but the belief is there will be some different clauses designed to protect the Mets in case of a recurrence of some sort of medical issue with the lower ankle where the plate is that was the Carlos Correa injury from his time in the minors. Uh, it's, we're waiting on the Players Association and uh, the MLB offices to approve those clauses. Again, we don't know exactly what they are, but ostensibly it's going to be something to protect the team if that injury uh, prohibits Correa from being able to play later in the length of the contract. We don't know if the, uh, the, the dollar amount is going to change. We don't know if the years are going to change or how it's going to be different than what it is now. But we know that uh, as of now, the expectation is the deal will still be consummated uh, and he will be playing third base for the Mets for a decade. And so Jeremy's question from the Falcon MB Prospects Discord is about Ronnie Mauricio. What's his viability as a DH? and a utility infielder, and a corner outfielder. And I think that's a really good uh, thought process behind how best to use Ronnie Mauricio. So 2017 IFA, and spent almost the entire year in high A Brooklyn last year at age 20. 242, 290, 449. Uh, Had a brief cameo at the end of the year in Binghamton, uh, and did pretty well. I mean, Small sample size, mind you, but like 323, 364, 452. So, did well. And so, spent the entire year in AA this year. Uh, batted 259, 296, 472. 26 home runs, 54 extra base hits, 24 walks to 125 strikeouts, and went 20 of 31 on stolen bases. If we're talking about his ability to fill... Uh, the 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 utility infielder spot and a corner outfield spot in DH, we probably, sorry fantasy baseball people, probably need to talk about his defense first. So, 
Um, most of his errors at shortstop, to me, uh, seemed to be throwing errors, right? It wasn't an issue with, with transfer or his hands. It was rushing things, not having his feet set, not being in an optimal position to make a throw. And so I think that the glove could play as, uh, could still be average at short. I think he's probably plus at third base. It is a, I mean, it is a plus arm. It's a powerful arm. And so you have the ability, raw arm, arm strength-wise, to put him into either left or right field. A uh, couple things that are working against you on this. One is his speed's a little bit below average, so can work in the outfield with proper positioning and things like that. But also, he's not appeared anywhere other than shortstop in his time as a professional. So it's something I think, I mean, I would assume you'll see him at AAA this year to, you know, to open the year. It's possible they leave him at AA and let him start getting that time with the instructors at the different positions before they send him to AAA. And I think based on what he does in the spring and then based on where they start him to start the year will kind of give us an idea. Is that what they're planning on doing with him? Or do they see him as a piece that they can flip to improve the team? Now, offensively, I like the idea of having him available to not only DH, but also to, uh, to be a utility guy. When you look at what he does, uh, the quality of contact is there, right? The issue that running review has, and part of the reason I think that maybe you're looking at going back to double A, where the stuff is better, Versus AAA, where you get a blend of prospects and quad A guys and journeymen and uh, veteran depth and things like that, is the decisions, the swing decisions at the plate aren't that great. You know, he 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 is a little too aggressive with the swings, and so he gets into pitchers' counts, and then he's susceptible to chase off the plate a little bit too much uh, for a young player, and as somebody that you need. To like, if you think about him as a in a DH capacity, still not quite there from that perspective. He great stat that Baseball America had uh, for twenty one and twenty two together combined on base percentage of two ninety six with more than eight hundred plate appearances. One of only twelve minor leaguers to have both of those, but have over eight hundred plate appearances and a sub three hundred on base percentage. And I think that's kind of what he's going to end up being. He's going to be a low on base high slugging percentage player who's somewhere in the bottom third of the order. And again, I do think that he has a chance if somebody, especially if somebody has an injury, he does have a chance to come up and give you time at the, in the big leagues in 2023. But depending on where the injury is, I mean, if it's somebody who gets hurt at, like if Lindor gets hurt, Correa can shift to short and you can call up a Brett Beatty. And so, I don't even think he's your first option for an in-season injury unless you happen to lose both Correa and Lindor. And in that case, maybe he's the one you call up for short. Ziggy on YouTube asks, while we're on the Mets, what about Kevin Parada? Could he be an all-star one day? And I think this kind of depends, the all-star bit depends on does he stay as a catcher or not. So let's go with the defense first. Sorry, fantasy baseball people. Um, his speed is fringe to average. The arm is kind of fringe to average and the fielding is fringe to average. So 
specifically on on defense, he needs to work on game calling. And you know, it, that's just something a lot of colleges now have leaned into that whole thing of the catcher has a microphone or has an earpiece and the coach calls the game from the dugout. I don't know for a fact what Georgia Tech does, but uh, that is kind of the trend in college baseball as a whole. And then blocking hasn't necessarily been a strength of Parada's and the arm not being great means that he's very reliant on pop time to be able to catch a guy and his pop time isn't anything that incredibly special. Now, he has been working, apparently he now lives in Florida near the Mets um, facilities, so he's able to work with them year-round with the coaching staff, and he's worked uh, biomechanically, like with one of those performance places to work on flexibility, to work on lateral movement, the different skills that he needs for defense. So he is trying to make it work as a catcher. And, you know, the, the history of Georgia Tech catchers, I mean, you've got Jason Veritek and Matt Wieters and Joey Bart and all of that. It's a nice lineage. You, you, you don't want to be the guy to break it. Uh, but offensively, I think offensively, he's good enough to be an all-star if everything clicks right in his season. The defense is what might hold him back. So if he sticks at catcher, I question whether or not he would be an all-star. If he moves off of catcher and goes to first base or D8 or anything like that, I think looking at a guy that has um, above average power and like really, really good contact ability, like struck out less than 11% of the time in college, that's the guy that, like, that's the offensive profile that lets you contend for an all-star game, but the defense would hold him back. And so, again, the all-star ceiling depends on whether or not he sticks it at catcher. In just a minute, I've got a question about Yankees outfielder Spencer Jones versus Yankees outfielder Jason Dominguez. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and the calories, you got to try a Built Bar. Okay, We just got through the holidays. My goal is to eat a little bit healthier this year. And if you're like me where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise on taste, then I've got the thing for you. You've got to try Built. So with Built, healthy is actually tasty. They're so delicious, you won't like believe that it's good for you, but it is perfect for your New Year's resolution. So what makes them so good is, one, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. Like, it's, it's not fake chocolate. It's not, you know, additives and things like that. It is 100% real chocolate. The flavors are fantastic. Churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, all that. So these bars from Built taste like a candy bar, but they're healthy. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. And you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, I've been coming on here and saying, go order your Built bars at Built.com. Here's your promo code and all of that. You can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club right now. So head to the nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-pack of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box with the hit flavors of brownie batter and churro. Go to Built.com, check out what you like, swing by Walmart or Sam's, pick up whatever you want. It's totally worth it. going to help you stick with your New Year's resolutions. Okay, so Bronx Muchachos, which... If you love the Yankees, great podcast. Go out and check them out. But in our Discord, they asked two questions uh, about, one, does Spencer Jones make it to the big leagues faster than Jason Dominguez? 
spicy already. And then who has the better career? So let's, let's take both these guys in turn and then figure out the answer. So Spencer Jones, 2022 first rounder out of Vandy, 6'7", 225. So fits the Aaron Judge model as far as size, as far as, far as height, even though Judge has about 60 pounds on him, right? But um, absolutely has plus power, okay? So, so massive guy working on plate coverage. I would actually right now put his hitting at around a 45, so just under average. He's got, as you can expect from somebody who's 6'7", he has a large strike zone. He has holes he has to close. He's working on manipulating the barrel and, and making those areas smaller. And thankfully, the Yankees coaches are proficient at teaching someone to do that because they went through some of this with Aaron Judge. Uh, But he is still working on doing that. So not quite ready offensively where you'd like him to be. Got 22 games in low A after signing last year. 325, 411, 494. Home runs, eight extra base hits, 10 walks to 18 strikeouts. Perfect 10 to 10 on stolen bases. So I... I think low A is below his true talent level. I'm glad he got that look and I'm glad it went well. I expect he'll probably start off at high A Hudson Valley next year. Uh, When you look at defense, right now he's above average speed, probably a 55 or a 60 scale, but it's going to tick down a little bit as he ages a half grade to a full grade. So he's going to end up 50 to 55. And so he can play center field. He can stick in center field right now. Um, I think it's going to end up being a corner outfielder. And the arm is average. And so he could be in left or in right. It is enough arm where he can play in right, but I think it's going to be better in left field. Again, could play center, could give you some center, would, prob- would be an average defender in center, but I think could be an above average defender at corner. You know, it's, it's, it's a power over contact. Again, your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. And it's a corner over center field profile is what you have. Obviously, he's only 21 years old. Plenty of time to add a little bit of strength and weight. I could see him being, you know, a 6'7", 240, roaming a left field with, while 6'7", Aaron judges and right. Um, Jason Dominguez. Obviously, we've talked about him quite a bit. Most folks know who he is already, but 2019 IFA, 115 games last year, uh, divided between low A and high A. Most of that was in low A, about 75 games in low A, 40 in high A, and got a brief cameo in double A Somerset. 273, 376, 461. 16 home runs, 46 extra base hits. 72 walks to 128 strikeouts and was 37 of 44 on stolen bases. So you can kind of, his, you can divide his year up into two parts, right? And June 1st is kind of the cutoff. He got significantly better both from what we could see and from scouts in the organization from what they were discussing with people in the prospect apparatus. Uh, so his stats from June 1st on. Looks something like 273, 389, 464. Of his 16 home runs, he hit 11 after June 1st. And the two things that the Yankees were specifically working on him with was putting the ball in the air, so working on launch angle, not 
necessarily line driver ground ball, trying to pull the ball up a little bit. And then the swing decisions. It was something where he was recognizing spin, recognizing what he could and couldn't hit. And you'll remember the Yankees have the mantra of hit strikes hard, but he was still, he still hadn't completely internalized it and was still working a bit off of muscle memory. Oh, here comes a pitch. Let me swing. And so he would pick up that he was not going to be able to hit this ball in the middle of his swing. So they specifically worked on that with him. I did a lot better at that. And so I think you can look at the power still plus power, right? I think you can look at the hit tool as being an above average hit tool, whereas before we had him at average or maybe a little bit below average. So offensively, little more promise there than you have right now for Spencer Jones. Um, defensively, similar situation to Jones where he can, he can stick in center field. He can be average there. The speed has kind of come to down to above average. Remember, he was blazing fast. And when he put on a little bit of size, he's now about 5'10", 210. He slowed down. He's worked some of that. And now he's going to be above average. I think what it is is the reads routes reactions are. And so despite the speed being average to above average, he's got the really good reads and routes and reactions where he could stick in center. The arm is above average. He could play right or left. And again, I don't think it's going to be anything more than average in center field. He's going to make the plays that are routine and he's in a kind of a similar situation to Spencer Jones where he probably would be a better defender in a corner, but he can play center. And I think he'll be able to play center at a better, at a higher level than Spencer Jones would be. So do I think Spencer Jones makes it to the bigs earlier than Jason Dominguez? Right now, I don't. I expect Jason Dominguez to go to back to double A to start 2023 uh, as he turns 20 next month. Whereas I think Spencer Jones will be in high A. I think Spencer Jones has a little more work to do offensively as far as filling in the holes in his swing. Uh, you know, he, he, he is behind where Dominguez is with the hit tool. I think they have similar power ceilings. I think Jones has a higher power ceiling than Dominguez does, but they both have at least plus power. I like Dominguez's defense a little better than Spencer Jones's defense right now. And when you look at the average player that is Jason Dominguez's size, 5'10", 210, versus the average player that is Spencer Jones's size, 6'7", 225, you usually have more injury concerns with those large players like Spencer Jones. So I'm not saying that Spencer Jones will be injured more than Jason Dominguez. Is I'm saying historically, those taller players have more injury concerns than more conventional sized players. And so if I'm having to pick right now who has the better career, I'm picking Jason Dominguez over Spencer Jones. And I think that in a couple of years, you're looking, I would say Jones is an ETA of 24. Dominguez could come up late in 23 or in 24, depending on uh, what he looks like in double A and then triple A. But I can very much see, Harrison Bader has one more year left in this deal. I can very much see an outfield alignment in two years of Spencer Jones in left, Jason Dominguez in center, and Aaron Judge in right. 
and you would have that for at least six years. So that's got to be appealing for Yankees fans. In just a minute, I want to get to a great question from Jay on YouTube about the 2020 Giants draft right here on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So Jay on YouTube was asking about uh, the, the 2020 Giants draft and said, you know, it's, I think it's a lot better than we gave it credit for at the time. And not wrong. It is, I mean, I, it's a surprisingly good draft when you go back and look at it, despite the issues that your first round pick is having. So kind of recapping seven picks in that five round draft. Um, first, the first round pick, 13 overall, catcher Patrick Bailey, 81 games in high A last year, 225, 342, 419. 12 home runs, uh, 27 extra base hits, 49 walks to 72 strikeouts. Uh, not really where you expect a college catcher to be in his second year, second full year uh, in the majors or in, the, in professional baseball, right? With, went to NC State. Uh, you don't necessarily think of a guy as like, yeah, we're going to send him back to high A as a 23-year-old. It's just offensively, you're having some issues here. Uh, it's I don't quite understand. He's late on fastballs, and then he's missing breaking stuff. And typically, you see guys not have issues with both. They have issues with one or the other. But uh, catchers have a longer development curve. Defensively, I think he's, he's better than he is offensively. The arm is only necessarily average, but he's got really quick mechanics and can get the ball out, can control the running game well enough. It's just 225 and high A as a 23-year-old is a little bit underwhelming from where it should be for that age at that level. And so very important year for him this year as far as reestablishing the offensive reputation. Uh, Second round pick, number 49 overall, third baseman Casey Schmidt crushed this pick. 126 games last year for Casey Schmidt. Divided between high A, double A, and then a little bit in triple A. 293, 365, 489. 21 home runs, 48 extra base hits, 48 walks to 120 strikeouts, 3 of 5 on stolen bases. Hit for both contact and power. Strikeouts right there around one a game. You'd love that to come down a little bit, but walked almost 50 times. Plenty of extra base hits. Uh, Below average speed, so, you know, steals aren't necessarily part of his game, but the defense is fantastic. Uh, very good defender at, uh, at third base, an absolute cannon of an arm. And so, I mean, just gives you everything you could want defensively. And when Marcel Luciano was out with the back injury, he actually slid over and played some shortstop. And to, to be able to be a third baseman and be able to slide over and play shortstop uh, is is... Rather, rather impressive. Uh, the, the organization has nothing but good things to say about Casey Schmidt. I think he was a fantastic pick, a steal in the second round. And I look for him in the next, if not this upcoming year, then in 2024 to be the third baseman going forward for the San Francisco Giants. Uh, pitcher Nick Swinney was the first of two supplemental picks after the second round. It was pitcher Nick Swinney and then shortstop Jimmy Glowinki. So, uh, Swinney, 21 games started in high A, 384 ERA, 89 innings pitched, 45 walks to 105 strikeouts. So, four and a half walks per nine, 10.6 strikeouts per nine. Um, 
changeup is elite, right? Like first thing that I, when you watch, outstanding changeup, fantastic changeup, has about 13 to 15 miles per hour of separation from the fastball. He throws it almost half the time and like it's fine because it's a really good pitch. Uh, he can he can throw it for a strike. He can get you to chase it. Um, it's like it's just it's a really really good pitch. Fastball sits in the low nineties, which I mean he's a lefty. You still don't necessarily love the speed, but but it's it, it's good enough. Has a has a plays really well in the top of the zone. And then he has a curveball that's kind of breaks kind of late and goes deep into the zone. Uh, needs to throw more strikes. There's a question about if you give him a cutter or a slider, would that be a nice addition to the repertoire? But right now, it's a very good. Uh, it's a it, you still have your your triangle as far as um, as far as the fastball, the changeup, and the curveball. So. Looks good. Again, questions about adding the slider or not. Uh, Glowinky's been an interesting case. 75 games in high A last year. 212, 301, 412. 12 home runs, 26 extra base hits. 23 walks to 88 strikeouts. Don't have him on a top 30 right now. Uh, seems like he has a little bit of work to do still to, to get back into the list. But right behind him, third round, number 85 overall, Kyle Harrison. 25 games started between high A and double A. Four and three. 271 ERA, 113 innings pitched, 49 start, uh, 49 walks, so 3.9 per nine, 186 strikeouts, 14.8 strikeouts per nine, 13 home runs allowed. Fastball is fantastic. He has the best stuff, in, like just the best pure stuff in the system. Best fastball in the system. Uh, I kind of think it's the best slider in the system. But fastball 94-95 can touch 98 with it. Uh, it's got it, it moves horizontally. Ton of swing and miss on it, right? Um, slider, same thing. Two plane break, ton of swing and miss. Uh, change up about 10 miles an hour off. Inconsistent at times, but when it's on, really good fading life. The issue he has is so the delivery is kind of like a whippy delivery. Uh, it's a lower slot. He finishes across the body, but uh, he doesn't repeat the delivery very well. And so when you look at some of the issues he has, the control issues, you saw the walks, you know, right there at four walks per nine. You see like how deep he does or doesn't go into games. 14 of those games, he didn't finish five innings. And it all comes back to that delivery isn't quite consistent enough. And so he's inefficient. He could be more efficient. Uh, if he tightened that up a bit. So that's something he's going to be working on. Totally expect him to uh, go back to double-A Richmond, be doing that for most of the year, hopefully a brief cameo in triple-A later, and then you're looking at a 24 contending out of spring training. But stuff is fantastic. And then back in, guys, uh, fifth round, 144 overall, Ryan Murphy, absolute control artist. Nine games started, 11 total games between high-A and double-A. 4680 ERA, 42 in the third innings. Um, fastball, slider change, curveball. But again, just fantastic control, pinpoint control. And I can keep working on him as a starter. And then RJ Dabovich, fourth rounder, 114 overall, uh, Arizona State product. 
I think you're going to see him in the bigs next year. So double A AA to triple A, they know he's a pure reliever. 45 games. He was the closer in double A. So he was the closer for double A Richmond. And then he moved into like, I think a setup role in triple A Sacramento. But six and one, three, five, one ERA, 51 in the third innings, 26 walks. So a little bit of an issue there, 4.6 per nine, a little bit too high on the walks. 69 strikeouts, 12.1 strikeouts per nine, only two home runs allowed. Um, he, he throws a 12 to six curveball and a fastball. Those are the two pitches, right? So fastball's been to upper 90s, can hit 99. Curveball, curveball's a hard breaker, the mid 70s. Um, but he throws them. So he is, he's 6'3", so he's, he's already a little bit tall. And then he comes from directly overhead. And so it, it really kind of throws off hitters because the ball comes from so high in the air. He has longer arms. It's directly overhead. And then either the fastball is going to end up up in the zone or the curveball is going to be in the dirt. And you can't tell until the last 10, 15 feet. And it's just, it's very difficult for hitters to pick up. And so of all of these prospects that were taken in the 2020 draft, he's going to be the first one to debut. He's going to debut next year. And I think he's going to be a pretty good, I'd probably have him as my, as my, uh, either my backup setup man or, you know, my seventh inning guy, but he's going to be a high leverage reliever and he's going to be a good one with that fastball curveball changeup. Uh, very dominant when he was in the closer role, high a Eugene. It was something like two hits in 12 and two thirds innings with 28 strikeouts. Again, um, four and one record as the closer in Richmond gave up one home run in 26 innings, just dominant and shut down. Ooh, what a great week. We're going to finish up the mailbag on Monday. Reminder, if you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com or drop the questions into our Locked on MLB Prospects Discord. The link is in the episode description. The link is in the show notes. Uh, until Monday's show, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects.